Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet. Post Daily Dose. Hey there, Post family. This is Christy Saul, the co-founder of the Post Institute, coming at you live with another episode of Post Daily Dose, the best little parenting show on the internet. I hope you guys are doing wonderful this evening. Of course, I want to plug these books really quick before we jump into our topic tonight. Um, we're going to plug Brian's book, From Fear to Love, that you can pick up at feartolovebook.com on promotion. We also have it available on our website, postinstitute.com, and it's available on Amazon. And we have this new workbook that is incredible that goes along with the book. You can get the workbook in print on Amazon and as an ebook on our website. We will have it soon in print in house. And then uh, Brian's book, The Great Behavior Breakdown. Uh, this book is a gem. It goes in deeper, deeper, deeper into understanding the impact of trauma. Understanding how we all have blueprints, pre-birth and early life blueprints that create a lens that we view the world from and that as we grow in our parent journey, we're called to explore those blueprints, examine our own internal stories, our parenting blueprints, and strive to understand that our children may have some unique needs that our own parenting, how we were raised, may not have prepared us for what it is that our children need. And I want to say hi to you guys really quick as you're signing in. Hi, Joni. I see you there. I'm going to tell you, I almost feel like I'm not really having a post-daily dose if Joni's not in. So I don't know what I'm going to do if one day you feel like you don't need to sign in anymore. And thank you, Mimi. Woo-woo. And my new hair. I'll tell you what. I was getting to that point. I mean, I had a hat on a couple of nights ago because I was just like, I cannot figure out what to do with this new long hair. And so, I'm so grateful. <laughs> I am so grateful. And, you know, um, I had a friend tell me one time, um, there's two things for a woman uh, that they don't want to lose, and that's their therapist and their hairdresser, and not necessarily in that order. And I will say... <laughs> I agree, <laughs> and I also feel extremely grateful because the beautiful woman who does my hair is also someone I go to church with, and so I feel like I get to be ministered to. We share, like I cried at least three times while I was getting my hair cut because we're just talking about life and big life stuff and things we've been through and grown through and gaining deeper wisdom and deeper understanding, so I have had an incredible day. And Debbie, it's great to see you. And Pam, it's great to see you as well. So let's just jump in here real quick and talk about some more of this biology. Um, you know, we've been talking about all things love for the month of February. We talked about um, some postisms. We talked about some spiritual truths or spiritual, um, the, the spiritual par paradigm uh, principles of what love is. And I will tell you what. Uh, the things that I have been reading and, you know, it's like I've know, I'm, you know, it's like you know something and you know it, 
But then sometimes you read a different way that it's said or you hear somebody say it differently or you you relearn it in a different age or a different stage of life after having different experiences and it just hits you different. Like, I mean, reading about the profound impact of trauma on the brain and understanding more about this and just relearning it. Uh, oh, man, I'm like, good gracious, good gracious. So um, uh, we've talked a little bit about dopamine and how trauma affects dopamine, what dopamine does and some things that we can do to help with that. I came across this really great article, and I'm actually just going to kind of hit the highlights and read through it to you, and I'll include it actually in the links. It's a really short article, but it really packs a punch in a few words, and so that's part of what I really like about it. Um, so I'm just going to jump in. Um, at birth, the brain contains 100 billion interconnected cells. Each cell forms thousands of connections called synapses with each of, with all of the different brain cells. An infant's brain has approximately 2,500 synapses per neuron. New synapses are created every time a child experiences a new sensation or processes a new stimulus over the first three years of life. Those original synapses multiply to, of course my screen went blank, multiply to nearly 15,000 per neuron. So that is a bunch, that's a whole bunch of synapses, right? I mean, good gracious. Now here's the thing. At this point, the brain begins to eliminate lesser used or dormant synapses and strengthens the ones that are used most frequently. So if trauma is occurring pre-birth to three, and those synapses are being used repeatedly, then those synapses are getting stronger and the synapses that would be developed for relationship and safety are being pruned. They're becoming more dormant. So, trauma upon trauma upon trauma upon trauma makes a very strong trauma-built brain when there is not a lot of relief in that, in that trauma and in that dynamic, then the baby's brain, those other synapses that are created, there, that are there for the building of safe, loving relationships literally go dormant. So that means that the muscles, like the, I'm thinking of them, they're not muscles, but thinking of them like how muscles get built, that means the brain is getting really strong in being prepared and vigilant for trauma. And it is not being at all prepared for the safe, loving relationships. That's a really big deal, isn't it? That's a really, really, really big deal. Whatever emotions, reactions, stimuli, or experiences a child feels or has on a regular basis will become the foundation of their brain function for the rest of their life. It is said that the relationships from zero to three create the foundation for all future relationships. That's John Bowlby. That's said in this book. That's just saying it again differently. When trauma occurs during childhood, two issues with brain development arise. First, the growing and strengthening of synapses 
may form in areas of the brain that process negative responses like anxiety, fear, and anger that get stronger. (laughs) Second, when these traumatic experiences remain unaddressed through the rest of the brain development, they become cemented into the brain's pathways. So we have these very strong formations. Yes, Debbie, it's heartbreaking. Like when you really listen and think about what does this mean? And you guys are raising children and you, you know, the struggles, like, you know, the struggles like that. We talk about that defended child, you know, who the one who like knows everything and it's hard for them to take instructions. Now I get it. Talk about developing a big case of empathy and a big case of, I'm sorry, I did not understand. Oh my gosh. I think about every time I lost my cool with my son because we were out of sync. And then I'd look at this and I think, oh my gosh, forgive me. I have to repent. Forgive me for missing it. I'm so grateful for the grace he extends always. And our relationship is incredible right now. And I'm just... I think he and I both just cling to each other for amazing gratitude that life has just given us opportunity, opportunity, opportunity to grow stronger in our relationship and grow stronger in really trusting one another and trusting him really. He like really trusts that I have his best interest at heart. Um, Like there won't ever be anything or anyone who will convince him otherwise because we've had to go through some things. And by going through some things, by like we were talking about last night, by going through challenging, uh, by going through challenges together um, and me following his lead for us to get in sync about this, about life and how he's doing life um, has really created a pathway for him to truly trust and believe that I have his best interest at heart. So I want to read a little bit more. Because I found this, like just the way in a nutshell, this explains. Your body produces two substances, neurotransmitters in the brain and hormones by the glands to regulate everything from mood to heart rate. Neurotransmitters, dopamine, neuro, they actually call it neuroadrenal, but in here it uses a different term, and serotonin. So those are the neurotransmitters that are affected. Well, all of those neurotransmitters have to do with mood regulation, along with learning, along with concentration, along with sleep, um, along with things like your bowel movements and your heartbeat and nausea and bone health and blood clotting. I mean, this is like super significant. Um, And then the hormones that are affected are oxytocin, cortisol, and insulin. So then, of course, I cross-referenced um, yesterday while I was doing all that research. And yes, one of the beautiful things that's happened is that with the research um, that the adverse childhood incidents um, reports and that incredible um, research from Dr. Burke that has been done is it's led to more and more, like the the amount of research that has come out of that, that has then grown out of that, has been so incredible, so helpful, and so vast. And so, yeah, there is a higher incidence of diabetes for people who have experienced pre-birth and early life trauma. So, 
this trauma has the implications for people who have experienced pre-birth and early life trauma and how that trauma affects the brain and then affects behavior, ability to learn, ability to be in relationship, and overall health in a way that is potentially devastating. Um, and yet, my mom is an adoptee. She experienced pre-birth and early life trauma and continued to experience abuse into her throughout her childhood at the hands of her adoptive mother. Um, Brian, <clears throat> an adopted child, uh, my nephew, I have cousins who are adopted. Um, I know so many adoptees that I know love is healing. I know it is because I see it. I see the evidence in people that I personally know. Now, does that mean that they don't have certain struggles? Does that mean that there might not be things that flip their lid and and create challenges at certain in certain areas of their life? Like, you know, especially relationship, that's a really big one. But you think about all the things that have gone on at the brain level and you realize, yeah, that's a pretty big deal. But here's the thing, especially knowing that being able to create oxytocin and what the benefits of building oxytocin at the brain level are, the benefits of safe, loving relationships over time and what that does in terms of create. When we're talking about creating healing at the brain level, this stuff ain't no joke, is it? I mean, literally, it is literally creating healing at the brain level when you are in safe, loving relationships the love that you pour into your children, the connected time that you spend with your children, really digging into what kind of bonding activities they are most responsive to, is the, it's like the most important thing that you can invest your time in. The, all the things that you want them to be able to learn. I know we get so worried about education and how they're doing in school and are they going to graduate and blah, 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 blah. That, I know it's important. I know because like you got to have that piece of paper so that you can go to Votech or that you can go to college or that you can go get a job. And I know we get so worried about that. But I'm telling you, everything that you are wanting them to be able to accomplish is on the other side of the loving relationship that you create. Everything is on the other side of the loving relationship that you create with your children. So this is why you learning about your own triggers because when you are in day-to-day -day relationship with people who have had this kind of insult at the brain level and so their brains do not have the same ability to regulate their emotions. They do not have the same consistent ability to focus. They are more likely to be in fight, flight, freeze, and fawn because all of their all of their neurons have been exercised from the zero to three 
all about that hypervigilant state, that fight, flight, and free state has gotten solidified at the brain level. This is not, a, this. I'm not just making this up. This is scientifically being demonstrated and proven. It's a big deal. The best news is that love really is healing. So all about love for the for the month of February. We talked about love is patient, and yet we lose our patience. We lose it. Love is kind, and yet when we lose our patience, and we have had a bad day, and then our child has an attitude or a need, and we spew our stress on them, we become unkind. Love doesn't brag. Well, you know, if we're shining the light on all of how we're raising these kids and we're great people because we've rescued these. mm -mm. No, that's not what adoption is about. That's parenting isn't about that. It's just about life. It's not about I'm somebody's savior. It's just about loving people. It's just about loving. It's just about loving. That's all it is. It's not about anybody getting any kind of glory. It's just about loving people. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love's not, love does not boast. Love does not envy. I know we talked about when we, when we step into envy, sometimes it's a red flag that we're grieving because we thought this was going to be different. But I'm telling you, this, these changes at the brain level are real. They're real. So, yeah, it might not be what you thought it was going to be. And, you know, you might have been like me, you know, where like I've read the book 15 times. I've taught lots of classes, but there's just something about going through it like I've been in these lives where we're just talking about it piece by piece by piece that it's just, it's just hitting my heart different. It's just really hitting my heart different. And it really makes me want to celebrate. Like I want to celebrate our kids I want to celebrate them. I want to like throw a huge party and say, oh my God, I'm so glad you're making it. Whatever that looks like, you know, it doesn't have to mean that they go to college. It doesn't, I mean, it, just the fact that they are alive is a testimony to love. Adoptees are four times more likely to attempt suicide. So when you're going through those rough patches, especially in the tweens and teens and early 20s, when you are going through that where they're out there toddling around trying to figure out adulthood and they are attracted to some of the same elements of life that they came from in their birth because it vibrationally fits, remember, Sometimes we just have to focus on keeping them alive if we can, helping them feel loved enough, helping them feel valuable enough until we can get past the 20s, past the mid-20s and into the 30s and then things begin to shift even in a different way, a more beautiful, connected way if we can stay in relationship. All things love for the month of February. The love that you are pouring into your children is life-changing you are extremely important. You are actually the most important element in the equation as parents. You're more important than the teachers. You're more important than the therapist. What happens day in and day out in your family has more ability to create healing than all those other things, even more important than the medications that doctors prescribe because oxytocin, 
the love hormone, has so much ability to create healing in the brain. So, if you've not already done so today, put everything aside. If you haven't felt compelled until now, I hope that this conversation is compelling enough to help you believe in the importance of what you are doing and how much we appreciate you. Set everything aside. Give yourself five or ten minutes to just breathe, to just remember that, you know what? We don't have to make a big deal out of stuff that's not a big deal. We don't have to turn little things into life and death. Take some deep breaths. Maybe treat yourself to a little piece of chocolate. Whatever you need just to kind of get yourself regulated again and reminded that they are just children who need lots of love, lots of attention, lots of nurturing. Brian says, if you haven't got it, you got to get it. So if there wasn't love, if there wasn't an outpouring of love and safety and security in those early years, then they got to get it and they're going to get it from you. And so put everything aside, press pause on all those stressed out, worried thoughts, give yourself five to 10 minutes of time in and then go spend time with your children, enjoying them. Let the love you have for them shine from your eyes. Let them feel it in the energy that you bring into the room. Let them just feel how much you are geeked out about how incredible they are. Let this talk that we've had tonight remind you, golly, they're amazing. They're so amazing. Heather says, what if they keep rejecting our love? Then we have to find the pathway for connection. So, a lot of times when I'm working uh, with families or with parents and coaching, one of the things I recommend is that you go sit in whatever area they nest in. So wherever that is, um, if they spend a lot of time in their room, then um, if it's possible when they're not there, just go into their environment. I've had pa parents do this, and um, it took them a while before they could literally go in and sit on their child's bed because they felt so repulsed by the environment of the bedroom, the way it smelled and dirty clothes and dirty dishes and just like a huge disarray. You know, some of our kids are hoarders, and some of them have um, have uh, issues around food, and so there might be food hidden here and there or dirty dishes and dirty plates. So it took them a, a little bit before they could even just go sit in their room. And so go in and just sit in their room and get to know them again at the heart level. It may be that you're not meeting them at the same vibrational place. Last night we talked about research that talked about some bonding activities um, that helped create synchronicity. So there's a lot to this. Um, and one of the things that suggested was doing activities where you allow the child to lead. So that's an idea, doing things that allow the child to lead. So you go sit in their room and you just get acquainted with them and begin to see the world through their lens. Because it may be that you're trying to love them in a way that they feel dismissed. They don't feel like you really understand them. They don't really feel like you get them. They may even feel like, 
I can't accept your love because it would be a violation to the loyalty I have for my family. Or it could be, I can't accept your love because if you really knew me, because I feel so bad about myself, if you really knew me, you wouldn't love me. So the layers and all of that, it's very complex. You know, this is a complex process. When we're trying to break through these changes at the brain level, and if you're vibrating up here in this happy, happy, lovey, lovey place, but they're missing dopamine and they're missing serotonin and they're missing oxytocin, so they're feeling depressed and they're feeling like they want to isolate, like they want to crawl under a blanket, then you have to meet them where they are. You have to meet them in that same vibrational place. So that's a lot. Um, that's just a starting point. That's just a starting point. Um, this is big work. Understanding how to reach your child when they are still in the darkness is a big deal. Every avenue that can be a trigger can also be a pathway for soothing. But our kids oftentimes don't really know what it is that they what they're like I'm a touch person so I'm all about the whole let's get together and snuggle well you know not everybody's a touch person some people are it's taste it's smell it's um, temperature it's sound it's uh, gifts it's acts of service it's you know so you have to find what the pathway for your child's soothing is what their preferred is um, Heather says, thank you. I'll look into the bonding activities. Any activity can be a bonding activity because it's all about the position of our heart. It can be rubbing your back. It could be a foot rub. It could be doing males. It could be letting them do your hair. It could be cooking in the kitchen. It could be doing a game or something together. But the key is allowing them space to be in charge and for you to follow in that place of following so that you can get more in sync with them because they cannot get in sync with you. In the parent-child relationship, when babies come from our bodies, there is a time in development that we follow our baby's lead. When they cry, we take care of them. We attend to them, right? And so in a way, that recommendation of letting them lead in activities is uh, reminiscent of what the infant experiences like when we as parents are highly attuned, we're hyper-focused on those little babies and the love we have, like we can't help it, like we're just like, ooh, they're just, eh, right? Well, our babies need more of that in whatever way they can receive it. So that is, that's really the ultimate process is trying, and, and even saying to them, depending on your child's age, saying to them, you know, um, I'm trying to identify, you know, I'm trying to figure out how it is that I can let you know how much I love you. You know, why not just say that? I'm trying to figure out how to let you know just how much I love you. And, you know, if they spend a lot of time in their room, you go, go sit in their room. Go watch them play their game. Be their fan. You know, get involved in their life where they're at as opposed to always asking them to meet us where we're at. And always think about the emotional age that you see presented. So, ooh, that's a whole lot. I'm going to stop there because we could just talk about this all night long. Um, there are over 400 videos on our Facebook page between me and Brian that are talking all about helping our children who come from tough places. So, put everything aside and go spend time with your children tonight.
whatever that looks like for your family. Let the love you have for them shine from your eyes. Let them feel it from your heart. And remember what Brian reminds us of, we're all human. We're all human. We all have those blueprints. We all have early life experiences. We all have an amygdala. We can all get stressed out and overwhelmed. And in that place, we'll be acting out of fear. Or we can take one to two to three deep breaths and we can choose love. Much love to you guys and we'll see you all tomorrow night. Join us live on weekdays at 6.30 Central Time on Facebook at the Post Institute. Don't forget to get your copy of Brian's best-selling book, From Fear to Love, on promotion. Just pay shipping and handling at www.feartolovebook.com. That's www.feartolovebook.com.